This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Stock markets leapt after lower-than-expected inflation figures raised hopes that America's Federal Reserve will ease monetary tightening. Wall Street's big three indices each recorded their best day since 2020, with the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite climbing by 7.4%, the S&P 500 by 5.5%, and the Dow by 3.7%. Annual inflation was reported to have slowed to 7.7% in October, down from 8.2% in September. Russia's defence ministry said it had completed a full withdrawal of troops from the western bank of the Dnieper River in Kherson province. Ukrainian forces said they made big advances towards Kherson city on Friday as Russian troops retreated and a Ukrainian flag was raised in the regional capital. The Antonivsky Bridge, a crucial route connecting Kherson city to the new Russian defensive line, collapsed. China loosened aspects of its punishing zero-COVID policy on Friday, shortening quarantine periods and abandoning its effort to track secondary contacts. Asian stock markets, already excited about the American inflation figures, jumped for joy. Meanwhile, Chinese authorities counted more than 10,000 new infections, the vast majority of them asymptomatic, more than at any point since April. Guangzhou and some other cities remain locked down. Regulators in the Bahamas froze assets belonging to FTX, until very recently the world's third largest crypto exchange. In a series of tweets, its founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, vowed to repay users of FTX, which was pulverized in a liquidity crunch after Binance, a bigger exchange, withdrew from talks to buy it out. Crypto prices everywhere crashed and a lender, BlockFi, blocked withdrawals. Joe Biden and Xi Jinping will meet in person as presidents of America and China for the first time on Monday, ahead of the G20 summit in Bali. The two leaders are at loggerheads over a range of issues, including Taiwan, human rights and trade. Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, does not plan to attend the summit. Scientists presented findings at the UN's COP27 summit in Egypt that showed the Earth to be on course to breach the 1.5 degree limit set in Paris in 2015 in only nine years. Global carbon emissions increased by 1% this year, even during an energy crisis. Meanwhile, the heads of several African governments said that they must be allowed to use fossil fuels to lift their countries out of poverty. Donald Trump bristled at Ron DeSantis's resounding re-election this week as Florida's governor. The former president dismissed his one-time ally as a lightweight, adding that Mr. DeSantis had been in desperate shape during his first campaign in 2017 until Mr. Trump deigned to turn it around with a magnanimous single hand. A fierce rivalry is emerging for the Republicans' 2024 presidential nomination. And fact of the day. 94%. The drop in wealth of Sam Bankman-Fried, a crypto entrepreneur, in a day, from $26 billion to less than $1 billion, the biggest single-day fall on record. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. A somber Singles Day in China Singles Day, an informal holiday in China that falls on Friday, began as a celebration of those unlucky in love. 
The date 1111 symbolizes four single people. Then, over a decade ago, Alibaba, an e-commerce giant, helped turn the day into a shopping event. Today, most online retailers in China offer sales during the festival, and millions of Chinese people splurge on e-commerce websites. But this year, the world's biggest online shopping day will probably be smaller than in 2021. Harsh COVID restrictions in China have dampened consumer sentiment. For the first time in 14 years, the value of Alibaba's sales on Singles Day may fall. From a record 540 billion yuan, then $85 billion last year, to 532 billion yuan, according to estimates from Bloomberg. Sporadic lockdowns across the country may even disrupt the logistics networks needed to deliver the goods. Most countries have learned to live with COVID. China is doing anything but. The Carbon Budget Crunch According to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, 2.9 trillion tons of carbon dioxide is the most that can accumulate in the atmosphere for there to be a reasonable chance of avoiding temperatures rising beyond 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. The budget for 2 degrees Celsius is 3.7 trillion tons. By 2019, around 2.4 trillion tons had already been released. On Friday, the Global Carbon Project, a scientific consortium, will release its annual report on how much the world has left to, quote, spend. Its calculation is likely to be depressing. Staying within the budget for 1.5 degrees Celsius was only just plausible when the goal was agreed in Paris in 2015. Emissions have continued growing since. But a reminder of just how little is left in the bank should galvanize the negotiators gathered in Egypt for COP27, the UN's climate summit. They must move to slash emissions now rather than promise to cut them in the future. And they must start thinking seriously about what to do when the budget for 1.5 degrees Celsius runs out. Visions of a New World at the Paris Peace Forum Many Ukrainians mistrust France's president, Emmanuel Macron, because until recently he has persisted in talking to Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. But in a speech at the UN in September, Mr. Macron explained that his desire for dialogue was part of a search for a new multilateral global order. On Friday, he will expound on that vision at the Paris Peace Forum, an annual talking shop in the French capital. There will inevitably be much discussion about how to bring the war in Ukraine to an end. But the forum, slogan, quote, riding out the multi-crisis, will place the conflict alongside other problems, such as climate change, food security, COVID-19, and internet governance. This is reflected in its list of speakers and panelists, which include big names from Africa, such as Umaro Sissoko Mbalo, the president of Guinea-Bissau, and Asia, such as Kishore Mabubani, a Singaporean diplomat. Mr. Putin also likes to talk about a new multipolar world. The version that will be presented in Paris seems more benign. Latin America searches for a development banker. Nominations closed today for one of Latin America's top jobs. The Inter-American Development Bank lends about $14 billion a year in the region and advises governments on projects and reforms. In 2020, Donald Trump's administration defied a convention that the bank's president should be Latin American and cajoled enough votes to install Mauricio Claver Caron, an official from America's National Security Council. Mr. Claver Caron promised improvements but alienated many shareholders. 
In September, the board sacked him for having an affair with his chief of staff, whose salary he had raised. He denies the allegations. This time, Latin America's governments have put forward strong local candidates. Brazil and Mexico have proposed their central bankers, Ilan Goldfein and Gerardo Esquivel, respectively. Chile's candidate is Nicolas Isaguirre, a former finance minister. Sergio Massa, Argentina's economy minister, is keen, though he would struggle to leave his current post given what he calls his country's, quote, critical economic situation. Much horse trading may lie ahead before the board chooses the new president on November 20th. Storytelling Amid Censorship in Iran In October, a fire engulfed Evin, Iran's most notorious prison. The blaze threatened the lives of thousands of inmates, including one of the country's most prominent directors. Jafar Panahi, who in 2010 was accused of, quote, propaganda against the system and forbidden from making films or leaving Iran, is one of many filmmakers the regime has trapped through house arrests, travel bans, or imprisonment. He continued to create and made the internationally acclaimed Taxi, 2015, and Three Faces, 2018. In July, Mr. Panahi was sentenced to six years behind bars. His latest film, No Bears, shot in secret before his arrest and released in British cinemas on Friday, draws on his own trials to produce a deft and surprisingly funny meta-narrative. Mr. Panahi plays himself in this film about a film which is set either side of Iran's border with Turkey. By blurring the line between fact and fiction, No Bears offers a moving portrait of what it is like to live and make art in the face of repression. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Which actress married nine times, with husbands including the designer of the Barbie doll and the founder of the Hilton hotel chain? Thursday, which rock star appeared with the word slave written on his face in protest at his recording contract? The winners of last week's crossword. Thank you to everyone who took part in our new weekly crossword, published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The winners chosen at random from each continent were Asia, Anand Mahajan, Mumbai, India North America, Jess Parks, Menlo Park, California, America Central and South America, Sebastian Agudelo Restrepo, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic Europe, Julia Gorelkina Hürlimann, Bern, Switzerland Africa, Hasit Raja, Nairobi, Kenya Oceania, Kevin Fernandez, Melbourne, Australia they all gave the correct answers of conglomerate, credit, ozone, and Europe. Check back tomorrow for this week's crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Kurt Vonnegut, who was born on this day in 1922. We are what we pretend to be, so we must be careful about what we pretend to be. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. 
You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. 